so glad that uh, we're able to, able to be here together to worship God in person here at Life Center and live to you all out there watching online. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, what a great worship time that was. If you just joined us, my name is Mike Schroeder, pastor at Life Church here in White Rock, British Columbia, and we are here for the first time ever uh, live streaming over the uh, over the internet and and in person which is uh, which is wonderful to be able to be in person uh, you know our our uh, government officials they actually have given a special order special sort of dispensation to churches to gather uh, ahead of the ahead of the curve it's only the 6th of june and we're sp and uh, what we're doing now is actually for everybody else but churches it's uh, it's coming out on the 15th they say so thank, thank God for uh, people that are trying to help us get going. Now, I can't wait to get into God's Word with you here, um, live here, and, and also with you. And if you have your Bible or a Bible app, feel free to take a look at the book of First Peter. And we are starting a brand new sermon series called Great Expectations. And First Peter is a great book. We're, pl we're planning to go through most of it uh, over the next number of weeks and pastor matt and i will be taking turns <coughs> but today we're just doing like an introduction and uh, the series theme is found here in this verse uh, in chapter one and uh, it says now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance and that's the theme. We're living in great expectation. And, the, of course, we'll be talking more about the expectation part throughout the series. And the expectation is, is that we'll get through what we're, gonna be get, what we're going through. We, uh, we have a, a, a reward in heaven. Those of us who have received Christ into our lives and have bowed our knee and have caused our, our, our faith to be connecting us with God Almighty through Jesus Christ, having repented, we have a great inheritance looking forward, uh, looking forward to uh, uh, our, our time with him in heaven forever. Whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. And so we have a great expectation. There's expectations of what we should expect from one another. There's expectations that God has of us. There's expectations that we can have of God. And that, that's some of the subjects. If you look through 1 Peter, uh, you can spend some time in there on your own if you like. And, and on Sundays, we'll be taking uh, portions of, of, this, uh, of this great book, even though it's a small one. I'm going to stop right now and just pray that God will, uh, will bless this message to all of our hearts. All right? Let's open our hearts right now. Can we do that? Lord, thank you. Uh, for your word. We honor your word and we pray your blessing on this uh, on this time in your word together in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And if you've just joined us online, by the way, at the end of the, the sermon, Pastor Matt and Tanya will be coming to lead us in communion. Just want to give you a heads up in case you didn't get that uh, earlier. And so, like I said, our series theme is great expectations, but we're going to start where do you think we'll start? We're going to start in chapter 1 and verse 1. Okay? <laughs> That's where we're starting. And uh, the first couple of verses is where we're going to be camping today. 
And it says uh, in verse 1, it says, This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Christ, apostle of Jesus Christ. And that's the same Peter that's, uh, that was called Simon Peter. That's the same man who, uh, who walked on water for a little while and then he sunk. And then Jesus got him inside the boat. Uh, he came to Christ through his brother Andrew. His brother Andrew was a disciple of John the Baptist. Then Jesus came on the scene. And, uh, and then Andrew, Peter's brother, said, come on, I gotta sh I gotta, you got to see this Jesus man. And Peter became sort of the, the key guy, like the spokesman for the apostles. So often uh, throughout the scriptures, he became the, uh, the spokesman for the twelve. And he, he was a fisherman. Did I mention that? So, yeah, he was, uh, he was quite a guy. Uh, and Jesus said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Now, I don't believe that he's going to be sitting at, as they say, the pearly gates, uh, letting people in and out uh, when we get to heaven. I don't believe that. But, Je but Peter had the keys to the kingdom. And really what happened is uh, he, had the op he opened the door to the Jewish people to come to Christ with the first sermon, uh, public sermon on the day of Pentecost. Then he opened the door to the Samaritans. Then he opened the door to the Gentile people. So all, all could come to Christ. And so he had keys, certainly, to the kingdom. So anyways, this letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. And he goes on to say this, I'm writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Okay, let's all say it. No, we're not going to repeat that. <laughs> it's, really, it's really north central Turkey, modern day Turkey. That's where all these different uh, places were. They're all different areas. But uh, it, it's quite interesting. It says that they're living as foreigners. And that was actually kind of a, a code, a, a coded message living as foreigners, they were under a lot of serious persecution. It was very, very dangerous in those days for those people to say that they are Christian. Uh, they, they suffered loss of their jobs. They suffered some of their, their kids were taken away. Uh, there, there was all kinds of, they were jailed. Um, in fact, Someone once commented about this particular time in history in the Roman world, which it was, the Roman Empire at that time, that they started inventing ways to torture people because of the Christians. And that at one point uh, in Rome, this isn't the same place, but it was the, it was the culture they lived in, uh, Nero actually uh, got some tar and made Christians, he tied them to poles, covered them in tar, and set them on fire for torches at night. It was terrible what they were going through. Um, and of, so the setting and primary purpose of First Peter is to comfort and equip Christians that were facing persecution. So that's, the th that's really where Peter's coming from in this book. And you'll see when he says suffering, it's not like, well, I can't find a parking spot. You know, it, it, it wasn't, well, my, my computer won't, won't print. We had some problems with the printer today. And, you know, that's not what, that's not what we're talking about in terms of suffering. We're talking about the, the real deal. But today, actually, in our culture, right now, in the 21st century, we have 
uh, in the world, all around the world, Christians are persecuted worse today than ever in history. And I just want to, uh, I have a, a couple of uh, stats for you. Every day, every day, uh, the average, 13 Christians worldwide are killed because of their faith in Jesus Christ. 12 Christian churches or buildings are attacked and uh, de demolished. Every day, 12 Christians are unjustly arrested or imprisoned. So some of the persecution is from just gangs and ruffians, and uh, other parts of, of persecution is actually codified in law in, in uh, certain countries where they actually jail them, and it's part of their legal system. Another five every day on average are abducted. A lot of those are young women that are forced into marriages that they don't want to be in. And, and so there's some terrible things that are happening around the world. Approximately uh, 340 million. I can't get my head around this because here in Canada we're so free and so blessed. But in the world today, 340 million Christians live in places with very high or extreme levels of persecution. It's real. Places like, uh, well, uh, Nigeria is, is actually one of the worst places right now for violence against Christians. Uh, North Korea, uh, China is closing down churches. Uh, uh, Pakistan, India, places all around the world. Asia is a little bit worse. Africa is, is, uh, is uh, probably number two. And South America, I suppose, will be number three. Here in our culture in North America and in, in Europe, um, not so much. We, uh, we had to meet online for, uh, for that time. That was our suffering. That was our persecution. <laughs> and, and so here we are today. We're here live. And by the way, if you're watching live right now, you're welcome to join us next week. You do need to register because we have limited seating. We're here t uh, socially uh, socially distanced. That's part of our um, that's part of our persecution that we're facing here. Uh, but, anyways, back to the Word of God. Uh, this is verse two. God the Father. This is the this is the outline of the sermon this morning. God the Father knew you, and chose you long ago, and His Spirit has made you holy. As a result, you've obeyed Him and have cleansed uh, been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and so the first point here for the message is that the God the Father knew you. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I think of the Trinity as, you know, the Holy Spirit is uh, sort of that unknown force, and, and Jesus is the good guy, and, and God the Father is sort of the, the, the rough one, you know, the one that, that the disciplinarian, you know, the, the, the strict dad. But the truth is that God the Father our Heavenly Father, He loves you. He knew you. He knew you before the world was created. God the Father knows you. He knows you intimately, and He loves you. He loves you because He loves you because He loves you. That's why He loves you, because that's who He is. He doesn't love us now that we're born and that we live a life that's good and nice and pleasing to Him. That's not why he loves us. He loves us before we were born, before we made all those mistakes that we wish we didn't make. I, I'm, am I the only one in the room here? <laughs> before, before you made all your mistakes, 
Jesus, God, the Father, he loved you. He knows you, he knew you, and he loved you. The scripture here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we know, this is something that we know, God loves you and has chosen you to be his own people. This gives us great security. This great gives us a place of, of peace in our hearts and an ability to function in life, just being secure in who we are because the Father knows us. He loves us. The second thing that is in this sentence here is, is that uh, we, are, we are chosen. It says the Father, uh, the Father knew you and he chose you long ago. You know, have you ever been, uh, do you remember back in the school days, uh, in the schoolyard, and you're choosing teams to play softball or to, to do whatever, and pick me, pick me, and, and, and you know, you hope someone's going to pick you. Well, Jesus, or God the Father, through Jesus Christ, has chosen you. So we have the him knowing us and loving us, and then also, he chose us. So the loving us part is like a security. The, the knowing us or the, the choosing us, I should say, God chose you long ago. He chose you. That gives you significance. You are and I am. We are and you are significant because God has chosen you. Not only did he know you, he chose you. Now, I, I thought, well, Maybe you might say this, you know, I, I thought, well, I was the one that chose him. I responded to him. And that's true. It's, it's not one or the other. It's both and. God chose us, and we had to choose him. That, that's part of the arrangement. We need to be able to, uh, to be free in our, in our life to choose him. And so it's like two sides of a coin. And, uh, you know, you've, you may, if you're in Canada here, we have a, a $1 coin. And it's called a loony because it has a picture of a loon on it. And, uh, and so we, we in Canada, we know what a loony is. But, uh, you know, the, on one side of the, of the loony is the picture of a loon. On the other side are most loonies. Some loonies don't even have that, right? They've got something else on. I forget what it is now. But uh, that's, the, that's sort of the tails. But on the head's side of the coin is the, the uh, Queen Elizabeth. And, uh, and so God choosing us and us choosing him, it's both because it's just two sides of the, of the same uh, coin. And God has a plan for your life in his purpose. I want to say that again. God chose you, gives you significance because he has a plan for your life in his purpose. His plan is for you to be blessed. Oh, yes, indeed. But more importantly, God has someone for you to love, someone for you to care about, someone for you to tell good news to, someone for you to show kindness to, someone for you to spread his peace and his love to others so god has chosen us now here's some some scriptures here uh first peter chapter 2 and verse 9 you are a chosen people and we'll be preaching on that particular portion at a later date john 15 jesus said this listen to what he said he said i didn't you didn't choose me i chose you and i appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit 
So we've, we've, got, we've got a job to do. We've got something to do. We've been chosen not just so that we can be in the happy club of, oh, I've been chosen. That's the security part. Yeah, God knows you. God loves you before, he, before you were even created, before the world was, was created. God loves you and you're secure. But he chose you to give you a purpose. Ephesians 2 and verse 10. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God is not making this up as we go along. He's got a plan that he made for you and me. God planned for you to serve him long before the world was born. So God knew you. God chose you. And the last part here, his spirit has made you holy. So we've got the significance, uh, the, the security part. We've got the significance part. Now we have, now this is a big word, ready? The sanctification part. Now sanctification is uh, really, it's kind of two words. One is consecration and the other is purification. So I'm going to just unpack this just a little bit. What is, what is this? The Holy Spirit has made you holy. What does it mean to be holy? Does that mean to kind of be sort of ethereal and not really having your feet on the ground and being like kind of weird? Well, we might be different from the world, but we're not intended to be weird, particularly. Uh, you don't really have to work at it. I don't have to work at it at all <laughs> to be weird. I'm just kind of strange. But, but really what makes us different is that God has set us apart. That's what holy actually means, set apart. Not so that we're going after being accepted by the world, but that we're going after being accepted by God. So we're consecrated. That's what that word means. That's one of those words we don't use too often. It means to be consecrated toward God. It's part of our repentance, turning away from the ways of the world toward God and having a heart that is separated unto God. That's part of what holy means. The other part of holy is being purified. And, you know, the really wonderful thing I, I want you to kind of take this this morning is that we, we don't get loved and chosen because we're already all together. Right. See, we start, we start from the fact that God loves us and right. sort of in spite of ourselves. And he chose us, brought us to himself, and now what he's doing, he's making us new on the inside. We're being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. We aren't on our own just to try to do this, you know, do this Christian life, do this sort of righteous life uh, uh, on our own. But it's it's God's Holy Spirit as work at work. His spirit has made us holy, set apart to him, consecrated to him and also purified to him and by him. He says in Ephesians four. Even before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. And the very, very first words of this book, I'm writing to God's chosen people. Now, that word people speaks something to us as well. I mean, we're, we're people. Yeah, we're people. But it's, 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 a, it's actually it's a company of people that are loved, chosen, and sanctified 
by God. This is who the book is written to. And this is you. This is you and me if we've given our life to Christ. And uh, so I'm, I'm praying this morning that there will be increase in your life, increase in our church called Life Church here in White Rock, and also uh, the church around the world, that there will be uh, greater security, significance, and sanctification by the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen? Now there is this prayer in verse 2. And it's sort of like a, a closing prayer. So this, my sermon is going to close here. <laughs> it says, may God give you more and more grace and peace. And I'm going to pray for you right now. And maybe you're here in this room. Maybe you're watching today live here on Sunday morning on June the 6th. Maybe you're watching later uh, on demand or listening on our podcast. But I would like you to pray along with me right now and if you've never given your life to Christ this is an opportunity for you in a few moments we're going to be sharing communion together and that is a memorial of what Jesus Christ has done and it's not only recognizing the facts of the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ but it's also embracing him let's embrace Jesus right now uh, let, let's maybe just li lift our hands if you're here or even at home you can lift your hands Lord, here we are in your presence. Thank you that you have chosen me. Thank you, Lord, that you have loved me. You've known me. Thank you, Lord, that you have sanctified me. And I turn away from my tendencies to follow my own will to go after the world's values. And I turn toward God. And I turn toward God's values, knowing that I am secure, knowing that I've been made significant, and I'm being sanctified. I'm being set apart more and more to God. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I worship you. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening.